0: live and on the air. I am your host, Psychic Medium Angelo. joined as always by Jeff the Ref Robinson, the guru who knew. He's the Encyclopedia Britannica of Pro Wrestling. Hey, Ref, how you doing, brother? Oh, wait. We're great. Oh, how are you doing? Don't answer that, because i got two refs here. Oh. I've got two refs here. You're not the only ref in the house now, brother. I, oh, You're right, you're right, you're right. I, I but- see another ref in the house. We're joined by Jim... Old school Connolly from the British province of Canada, one of our um, one of our smaller territories here in the States.
1: <laughs> it's a little bit true. It's a little bit true. Yeah, Canada we, is our
0: baby sister.
1: Yeah, so we, we just like Canada up. from time to time. Right. <laughs>
0: okay. And keep your loonies to yourself there, Mr. Uh, Mr. Robinson.
1: Yeah, old pennies. That's right.
0: how How's everything going with you, brother? What's What's uh, fill me in on the weekend wrestling? Let's uh, Let's uh, go over a little housekeeping.
1: Well, I mean, uh, I you know, I think. uh, Well, uh, you know the one the one thing is still that's coming out. Well, we got the NXT Portland uh, Takeover pay per view this weekend. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you watch it, Jim, or not, but I'll tell you what. NXT is one product to be watching right now because they are, they are you you want old school again? They're they're old school with the new school mix and they're they're a good job. Hey, when you got Steve Carino as a producer in the back, you're not doing half bad, right? So exactly, exactly. <laughs> um You you got Steve Carino and, and Shawn Michaels as your producers. How wrong can you go? Um, but uh, <laughs> so. The, you got, but and the, but the significance of it being first time that they're going to be on a Sunday, first time that they're not going to have a WWE big boy carrying them into it, and let's see how they do on their right. own. Um, I think that they're going to knock it out of the park. I really do.
0: Uh, once again, you know, eight, Jeff, not to interrupt you, but everybody's kind of of the same mindset that they have what it takes to carry this they really without do. the help from the big roster.
1: They, they do,
0: and and I, and and I really believe they do. You, and you know, Jeff, and I've been very vocal on this show about it. I'm not a huge WWE fan, but I love NXT. Yeah, that's that's the, one, the one product they have that really does mix. And you said it perfectly, Jeff the the old school feel and the new school twist. Yep,
1: and, and, and you know they they feel. They film down there at the Full Sail University normally, which gives you an old studio-type feel. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, the crowd is live and live in living color every night. It's, it's very reminiscent of uh, of old-school Connolly's favorite promotion, the NWA. Yes, sir. I like the old well, NWA, you know. and
2: I like the new NWA as well. But I
0: let's, do like NXT, and I do let's watch NXT. Let's Pete. talk about that. Let's talk about that. How do you feel about the uh, NXT product?
2: I love it personally. Um, I have a friend there who's refing there, um, Daryl, and uh, he loves it. And uh, it just gives an opportunity for the younger guys and the older guys. I like the way they're bringing back some of the people, mm-hmm. and, uh, making it a promotion of their own. Before, I think we looked at it as a, a sort of a farm team kind of atmosphere, but now mm-hmm. it's a promotion onto their own. Yeah, I love the early days with Bailey and stuff, and you saw stars being born. Sure, it's interesting to see that certain people. Bailey for example really hasn't got the uh, popularity and uh, that she had there so why not just yeah. stay? Uh, I mean I, I just think that it can be a, a company that people could actually stay there and work towards instead of looking at it as yeah. a, as a well roster I don't watch raw or Smackdown
1: well the one know. thing is the one thing is Jim and I don't know if you know this but there are quite a f- there not quite a few but there have been a few different guys recently who have said do not pull me up to Raw or SmackDown. I want to stay here and make yeah. this my brand, and I'll take the lesser pay so that I can stay at home with my wife and be at my kid's T-ball game on a Saturday morning as yeah. opposed to have to worry about going on tour. So, exactly.
2: Yeah. It, 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 it's really nice that they've created this product. I don't know if that was their original goal, but I think that's what's ended up happening, and I enjoy the product totally. Yeah. Uh, It's just nice to see it, and you've you've got a lot of people being employed, which is what it's all about, right?
0: Well, I like the fact that you you said something now that was really important, Ref. Um, The fact that they're establishing themselves as their own entity. Mm -hmm. The fact that they're creating for themselves a brand within a brand. Mm -hmm. It won't be long, and Jeff and I have had this conversation but you're going to see them, I believe, at some point, break, really break out of the WWE, quote-unquote, WWE brand yep. into their own brand. I really believe that's going to happen.
2: And that's good for everybody. That's the way I look at it. It's good for everybody.
0: It's, it, but you, the key was, what you said was, everybody's making money.
2: That's what I'm
1: saying, and, and that's know, exactly. I, 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 you, can I chime in real quick on something? It, that is something sure, that I is say. sure. I, I think that right there is a key point that's missed on a lot of fans these days that are on social media. They want to make it the the war that we that we had of WCW versus WWE. It doesn't exist. I mean. No. The, the numbers are not there to even have a true war anymore. um, And why not just sit back and enjoy whatever you want to enjoy and, or enjoy both of them? If you're a wrestling fan, you can enjoy both products. Honestly, yeah. you really can. AEW, you may go, you know what? That match was crap, but you know what? Yeah. What Cody's doing is really good. What MJF is doing is awesome. What they're doing over here in NXT is amazing. Why not sit back and just enjoy it all?
0: Well, that's what I said the last time we got together. <laughs> you know, we had the, we we've had this conversation privately and, and and on the air. You know, there's plenty of wrestling. It's, first of all, let's back up. It's a really really good time to be a wrestling fan. Amen. That's first and foremost. Secondly. There's ample product for everybody to enjoy. If you're a diehard NXT fan, well, there you go. That's, that's for you. Uh-huh. If you're a diehard AEW guy, God bless you. But if you're a guy like me that's a casual viewer, I watch a little bit of everything and I enjoy it. And you, and you don't like to don't be enjoy told- it, I turn it off and I watch something else.
1: And you don't need to be told that you're wrong for liking one product over the other.
0: Exactly. And, you know, and we've had that, that discussion, Jim. Uh, we did a whole show on social media and wrestling. And, uh, and, you know, people telling you, well, you're wrong for watching this because it's a horrible product and blah, blah, blah. You know, but I think that, I mean, what are your thoughts? I, mean, I think there's plenty to go around.
2: I, I, I love what Jeff just said. It's like if the fans would just enjoy it. It's a great time in wrestling right now. Yeah. And I read one today. I was just reading it. It's the social media. It's not the fans. Wrestling fans are the greatest people on earth. Period.
1: Uh, real I, wrestling fans.
2: As a fan, I, I, I stood in line. Within five minutes, you're talking to somebody. Uh, I've met Josh Alexander, who's a really big wrestling now. For He's worked in for Impact and things like that. I met him in the line of a wrestling show. Ron Hutchison, my trainer who I broke in with, I met him in line at a wrestling show. Wow! We were chatting and, and it's just fun. Today I heard one and I was like, wow, I saw this wrestling belt. It's set back to championship 50 years. What? <laughs> 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 because, because you don't like the belt. I, I, I was so blown away. They, 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 is,
0: I mean, that's they're amazing. i
2: critical of the smallest things and the smallest details. Hey, watch and uh, you know fast forward button is my favorite thing there you go i watch aew sure favorite the only one i don't use fast forward for nwa i love it it's an hour (laughs) wrestling on tv is an infomercial for the big shows they haven't figured that out yet infomercials one hour thank you um i'm old but uh yeah and uh uh Enjoy the you know, there's today. I watched, I haven't watched NXT this week yet, but I watched AEW last night in 20 minutes. And, um, there was some great, <laughs> right. was some great I love the ladies' divisions in all the shows right now. I like them the best, which is, yeah. the, I love your title, The Future of Wrestling. You know, what's the, the future of wrestling? The future of wrestling is women. And well, I
0: was just going to ask you, ref, what, what are your thoughts on the, the boom in women's wrestling?
2: Well, not only that, in reffing, if you asked me, I didn't know what you guys were going to ask me. So one of the things I thought of, what would I think of the future of reffing? And I thought, women. Um, we've got Aubrey Edwards out on AEW is doing a great yes. job. Um, yes. and I wish I could. You know, I'm a little jealous because, you know, uh, we have one in Canada that I know of. Her name's Emily Parker. And she actually gets flown in to, to work shows. Flown right. in. I don't know about Jeff. I'm lucky if I never get trans, let alone get a, oh, a flight somewhere. Yeah. They've got, you know, as they you know, every promoter will tell you, refs are a dime a dozen. There you and go. You've heard that, Jeff. You have. You know. And we, we, we uh, but now right. all of a the girls are getting flown in, and there's a big I mean, when I heard Aubrey, yeah. Edwards, I've done this for twenty years, and I've basically never done TV uh, on a regular basis, anyways. And you, you see Aubrey Wedders are say, gee, you know, gosh, it's been a great two years. What?
1: <laughs> you know, <I've> <laughs> that's, on TV, right.
2: that's awesome. Now, but, I got uh,
1: yeah. I got a Go question ahead, for yeah. you. I, I actually do have a question for you, Jim. I, I've thought about this because I do not referee anymore. I do security now uh for my promotion. It, but I do help out as far as like giving pointers to sure. you know guys that I can. Um, how would you feel if a female referee is brought in and they tell you because she's a female, not because of her skill, because she's a female. We're giving her the main event tonight over you.
2: Well, it, it's kind of happened to a certain extent because there was a promotion that I was supposed to be working for, which will remain nameless. And then they brought Emily in to take the place. Now it was a, a, a totally female promotion. Um, honestly, I met her lately. Uh, we had a referee seminar with my, the, my friend Daryl from NXT came in and did a, a seminar for referees, something that was unheard of 20 years ago and uh so i met she came so, in and uh she you know rides with the boys and stuff so she came down and uh she couldn't be any nicer and I, i've seen some of her stuff and like aubrey mm-hmm. she's you know efficient and good and uh um, I, it's it's their time it's it's their time it's like women's wrestling good but, um it's their time as well and and, and yeah I, I love to be bitter and say i'm losing you know jobs to females and i you know you find out that you know um maybe that uh women wrestlers and things may make a bit more money and things like that and you know they 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 can sell merch that we won't talk about and
1: um, yeah
2: yeah my best friend is a female wrestler beautiful Bia booker she's amazing Uh, (laughs) but yeah I I, I'm not I don't think I'm jealous I just think it's their time and I I love it it's like if to be honest I watched WNBA. I like. I used to coach basketball, and I used to tell the kids, I said, "Stop! Don't ever watch NBA." Because I was teaching at a 11-12 thing. Because I said NBA. I said it's 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 an entertaining sport, and they, you know, they're carrying and you know, uh, double dribbling every time they carry the ball. They you know because they don't want to cut. It's it's not good for the, the advertisers don't want to see it. So, but the women's sports are more. They're much more concerned with fundamentals and basics. And I find That's the same true. in the wrestling. Yeah, I I, I see the stuff more. I watch it and I, you know, uh, I'm loving AEW, the girls there. I I worked with Chris Statlander once and I just went, oh my gosh, she's got it. I worked with Phoenix, her first uh, in-ring appearance, along with Gail Kim and some of those ones. I did a lot of their first appearances. Wow. They had that whatever you say. But it's basics. Beth Phoenix, nobody, you know, lot Rochester, New York, Rochester right. New York had a sure. great collegiate background in wrestling. So even though she was green as grass when I worked with her and she screwed up the spot, it was supposed to be my first bump. But that's okay. Cause she did, you know, make it up by being wonderful and fabulous. But she had this great collegiate background. Uh, so she worked the minute she worked, the minute she locked up, you just went, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, that that's something I think a lot of people don't realize that us as referees that we do when we're in there, we're dancing with them just as much. Um, well, that we- we're going to talk about that a little bit later, Jeff, when
0: we get yeah. get into the full conversation. We're still doing a little housekeeping right now.
1: Oh, no, no, no. I got you. I'm just, I was just, you know, agreeing with him on that one. Now, oh, uh, I know I, you, brother, and
0: I love you, but sometimes.
1: <laughs> no, no, I wasn't going to go down there. I wasn't going to go down there yet. Uh, no, okay. Um, but back there. You know, back to the housekeeping deal. Yes. Um, you know the one. One other big thing is, and I mentioned it on the restaurant table, but I'll mention it here too. Simone Johnson coming in. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock's daughter, coming into NXT. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll
0: let us, Let's you know, have that conversation. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, you know, I I mean, the the girl's got a shadow, uh, you know, the size of you know, of the planet, I'll cast over her right now. Yeah, she's got to step out of. She's got some big, huge boots to fill. Oh, boy. But her being the fourth generation, first fourth generation female to come down that pipe and that lineage that she's got behind her, I think that she's going to do okay. But it's going to be up to the fans to not compare her to her dad. All right, Jim, what do you think?
2: I totally agree. Great lineage. I'm a good friend of Ricky Johnson, who's Rocky's brother. So uh, the Rock's, the people's uncle, as he's booked. <laughs> Although he's my age now, so he doesn't do too much work. And, but yeah, it's a great lineage. And um, all I can do is wish her well. But I mean, everybody, you know. It, your name will only get you inside the door. Uh, you have to prove yourself. And I there you think go. In Flair well,
0: you know, and Jim, we had that conversation the other night. And we had varying opinions on it. So I, I may as well get your opinion on it. Does the Johnson name inevitably help her or does it hurt her to some degree?
2: Oh, I don't think it, it definitely helps her. Uh, but as I say, you know, she's going to have to work really hard. I mean, when Charlotte Flair came in, I certainly had my arms crossed saying, yeah, prove it. And, uh, I yeah. guess, you know, the first match didn't do anything for me.
0: Uh, yeah, I- you know, Jeff had that, that same opinion, you know, when Charlotte came in, everybody, I guess, you know, just by attrition, everyone wants to compare you to your famous, you know, parent or, or relative. In this case, you know, the parent. Yeah. Uh, but how do you compare? And I could see maybe with the son. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard to compare. I'm not just saying any wrestler. If it's a mid-level wrestler, that's one thing. But in my humble opinion, maybe the best wrestler ever laced up the boots, Ric Flair. Um, right. He did a lot of stuff in Toronto. So I got to see him for a long time during the, you know, Steamboat and Jay Youngblood kind of years. Sure. Um, He was just an amazing athlete. So Charlotte, you know, we didn't want to see her as a mid-level wrestler. We want to see her as a champ. Um, I was lucky enough Mm -hmm. to work with Tessa Blanchard not that long ago. And she also, uh, she couldn't have been any more generous with her time, uh, helping out the younger wrestlers and um, worked as hard as she could. And uh, as I say, you know, it gets you in the door, but... You know, you gotta prove yourself. There's been a lots of people who, you know, I worked with Scott Hall's son. I haven't heard of him much since Cody Hall. Yeah, I, heard much true. I don't know if he's doing well or not. But I did a match with him, and I thought he was okay. But
0: my understanding is that Cody is working a lot in Japan right now.
1: Yeah, that's where he I is. I heard the that's, same. So that's he where he's good. making his bones.
0: He's a big boy. Jeff. You were uh, you were wanting to chime in? No, I was gonna say about Cody. Cody is
1: over in Japan right now, but. He he made a comment on Twitter that kind of got him actually banned and pulled off of a tour. Um he 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 made a comment about the coronavirus. He said forget the coronavirus is is more like the yellow virus. Oh.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm quoting it's sad that that got that, yeah, out. Yeah, I saw that.
1: And not good. That, that, so I you know uh, but then again, look at who his dad is. <laughs> I mean well, I mean, yeah, we can have that
0: conversation. Boy, what a rabbit hole that would be. Uh but uh,
1: I I I mean, I you know, um let's see. Rest of the news wise,
0: I mean Jeff uh, and you too, uh, old school. Uh what do you make of the fact that Vince McMahon personally pulled Cedric Alexander and told him uh in his office we're not putting any more push behind you. Wow.
1: I didn't hear about that. He wrestled a lot in the Toronto area too. So I, I Okay. I, I, that just came out today. Um I mean, I know that said all, all said said was something he said something on Twitter about, you know, them basically alluding that they weren't wanting to push him or something like that. The rest of it I attribute to rumor and innuendo, unless you're actually back there, you don't know what was said. Until said said comes out on a podcast or an interview somewhere and says, Hey, look, this fucker called me in and said blah 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 A B C and D to me. Yeah. I don't buy it, but so much. I think that people assume it whenever you look like you're getting a push and they pull this, you know, pull it back. I think that they assume right. that Vince Vince all of a sudden just doesn't like you anymore. And well just-
0: and, yeah, you know what, Jeff, though, in fairness, We've seen this happen before. Mm-hmm. We've seen this play out a lot of times. Uh, history will. Oh my God! I look at. We can go back to Cain. That the most famous example would be Cain. They did. They thought right after Cain joined the Undertaker, Cain's character took a shit.
1: No, they always saw potential in Kane because I mean that had actually been about a year build in Bruce Prichard's mind. And yeah, but but what
0: I'm saying is they pulled him. They pulled that push. They gave him mid card matches for yeah. about six eight months.
1: Well, I mean they they may cool off on some people. That doesn't mean that that's they're not my,
0: behind them. Well, that's my point. If you're if you're cooled off, they're not pushing
1: you. Well, yeah, but then that's up to you to make them realize your potential and show them what you got to offer. Well, it's easier it, said it, than done. You, yourself it's up to you at that point to get yourself over and make the fans want to see you. Wrestling are beautiful that's people with big egos.
2: And there they,
1: you go. With ego,
2: everybody thinks they should be pushed. And a lot of times, well, hey, back and then you might get the push.
0: You're showing them. Well, you let's back. let's let's talk about ego. You're talking about a guy who's probably got the biggest ego pound for pound in this hemisphere, and that's Vince McMahon.
1: (laughs) Fair Fair enough. (laughs) Okay, but I don't know that I. I, Okay, I don't know that he would, unless I could actually. Okay, I'll say this: Do I believe that he may have pulled him into his office and said, "You know what? I don't see anything in you right now. Prove yourself to me, kid." I could see that. I really could. I I could see that. that. I I will give you that, ref. Absolutely. I could see him going, we gave you the cruiserweight title. We gave you a chance to get over and you got, but only so over. I saw something in you and yet you didn't live up to that potential.
0: Do you think he needs to, do you think he needs to go to another brand to establish himself?
1: I think that he would do very good to go down to NXT and just Thank stay you. there. And and that's where his home should be.
0: That's where I he would fit so in. I was say that. I was so hoping you would say that. I think he but was in great think down there. To go back down, you know, to the, to the lesser league and reestablish two things. Number one, his character. Yep. Because I can look at this kid and tell you he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't. Number two, to establish... Though. Well, here's the other thing he has to establish. And old school, I'd like you to chime in on this. In my opinion, I think he needs to establish his credibility. Because right now, he has not. Because he's lost. He doesn't... Yeah, he doesn't know who he is. See, that goes back world. to my
2: point about NXT... Why not? You know, I like the idea of a big fish in a small pond. I mean, I started refing yeah. at 45 years old. The chances of me reffing in the WWE or AEW or anything are zero and none. Um,
0: Be thankful for that.
2: But I'm but I'm a big fish in a small pond, and I love it. Um, as I said, I, I, it's taught me stuff. I've got to meet some really cool people, um, and no, I've never had regular TV, which I'd love to have and stuff like that. But you know what? In my short 20 years as as a referee, I've enjoyed every second, and I t- try to, you know, bask uh, in that little bit of glory. Sometimes these guys, like I'm thinking of Eric Young being a Canadian, and there's sure. another guy. Wow, was he big in NXT.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah.
2: What have you heard lately? Like, it just went right down because his push, Brody Lee, another guy, another <laughs> Not a Canadian, but certainly crossed the border enough times that we thought he was a fellow Canadian and right. you know, a great wrestler. And and what happened to his push? And then I think he ended up leaving, or he was, at least he wanted to. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, uh, you can't always work. And now you've got other companies, but it, it frustrates me and maybe Jeff as well that Vince is sort of vetoing that idea of, just, you know, hey, we're just going to pay you not to work.
0: And you that, know, you know what? I, thank you for bringing that up. I really want to thank you for bringing that up because that brings up. It's actually going to be the subject matter of a show we're going to do. Uh, The downside of guaranteed contracts. Guys that are sitting home, wasting their time, wasting their talent, but still getting a big fat paycheck.
1: Exactly. You know? I kind of got to lean on what, you know, really quick to chime in on that one is what Booker T said. You can sit there and get that paycheck and enjoy it and enjoy being with your family and making that money and then flip that money into more money for yourself and your family and yeah. save your body in the process. Or you worry about, oh, I want to go out there and perform my art and I want to go out there and get my shit in and whatever else it is. Yeah. And in the meantime, <laughs> what do you really get to enjoy your money? I mean, like like, like, like he said...
2: Talking. That's Booker talking now. When he was that age,
1: he, he wouldn't he want even, to
2: sit at home either. He was well, he no, just, no,
1: no. Well, what he said was, he said if they had offered him a million dollars back then and not even promised him a world title, he would have taken it. Yeah. He said because you, bet your ass you want to? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but, you know, his, his point was, you know, growing up the way he
0: did and growing up oh, on the sure.
1: Sure. and getting oh. deaf.
0: the 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 kid grew up with nothing. Yeah, nothing. He
1: he said when he signed for eighty five thousand dollars, his initial contract, he thought he was in, he was living large, and yes. he said, he said Dusty pulled him aside and said, "Listen, here, kid, you're gonna make a lot more money than this,"
0: and um, <laughs> not he bad. To, not bad, Jeff. <laughs> he loves to do his Dusty. All right, Jeff. So there's one more thing that we need to discuss before I officially bring Jim Old School Conley into this conversation. One more thing, and that is. The changing face of AEW. They have a brand new face. His name is Jeff Cobb. Talk to me about Jeff Cobb. Amazing, amazing talent. I don't know that they have officially
1: signed, signed him. There has nothing been officially press released yet.
0: Um, Let me let me interrupt you there because as of airtime, he was personally signed by Chris Jericho.
1: Signed, yes, but not to an AEW contract yet. They got him on a part-time deal.
0: Okay, then all it said was that Jericho signed him.
1: Yeah, no, no, okay. Jer-, Jer. They're working a gimmick where Jericho has brought him in as a bodyguard, security, big well, bubble,
0: Porting this as like news.
1: I, I, I got you. Just like Becky Lynch has got her neck really fucked up right now, and 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 Dean Ambrose can't see where <laughs> the damn.
0: Yeah. So. No. Um, oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I get it. <laughs> okay, but so no, I saw this game. Amazing, really, super athlete uh,
1: from Hawaii. Uh, I mean, he the the CV things, the suplexes that he delivers at his size. He looks like a Taz mixed with a Samoan lineage. I, I can't describe him. Yeah, the future for him is. Amazingly bright. Yeah, AEW or WWE would do. Why he was? He's from the Indies and ROH is where yeah. he's been making his bones for like the last two or three years, mm-hmm. and he's been over in New Japan a few different tours. Um, but I mean, just the, the when he came out there last night and and and, and glommed J, uh, D- D- Dean Ambrose. I mean, just took him out like he did. Holy yeah. hell! I mean, that place exploded. When he came down that ramp, and he came down like a man with a mission. And that's how you, when you're going to do an introduction, that's how you do it, brother. Jim, what do you think? Chime
0: in here, brother.
2: I don't know much about Jeff Cobb. I know he's wrestled in Toronto quite a few times. I've just missed him every time. I've never got to work with him or anything. But what I saw last night was an amazing debut, for sure. And I've heard nothing but good about him from the workers. So there you go. There's my two cents.
0: Young young guy, bright future. Anything else uh, housekeeping-wise? Nothing on my end? How about you?
1: No, I'm, I am i can't think of anything. What about you, Jim? Is there anything that you can think of news-wise up in Canada? Still
2: avoiding talking about NWA. I love it. Uh, I, 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 well, oh, well oh, we're going to oh, talk a lot about
0: I, NWA tonight. So, uh, so let me uh, officially introduce our guest uh, for the evening, although he's been chatting with us for about the last 30 minutes. I'm going to so I'm going to put you over like a million dollars. This man isn't just a referee, ladies and gentlemen. He's a story. His story began 22 years ago when he first put the stripes on at the age of 45. Can you believe this? He became a ref at 45, decided, you know what, that's nice, but I want to wrestle a little. At 63, he puts the tights on and starts taking bumps. Why not? His name is Jim Old School Connolly. I just call him Ref. Welcome to the show, Jim.
2: Thank you, sir. I'm going to straighten you out right now. Jim Connolly is actually my shoot name. My gimmick name is Old School Eddington James.
1: There you I go. I love it.
2: <laughs> tribute to my dad. My dad's name was Eddington, so it's a little tribute to my dad. Um, Yeah, I love doing this stuff, and uh, I told you earlier uh, that I broke in with Ron Hutchison, the trainer of Christian Edge, Trish Stratus, Gail Kim. Um, I know they had other trainers as well, but he was their first, and uh, Mm -hmm. Christian was interesting, the Christian Edge thing, because he actually won an essay contest, and uh, Ron had an essay contest, and Christian won it, so he got his training, at least the early part, for free. So just a little little local Toronto uh, legend thing there. Um, I'm about an hour and a half north of Toronto here. So when I referee 12 promotions, I guess, did 250 matches last year. Wow. Right. uh, I'm on uh, a little bit of a break right now. Uh, I had, I was telling to Angelo a little earlier that I had a little incident. I'm not going to mention the wrestler because he doesn't know. And I don't want to ever tell him. And this is American. One of your American friends came over the border um, uh, it was a gimmicky thing where I had to do, Jeff will know about this. I had to do a run in, um, uh, as one of my fellow colleagues got hurt. Now, in my case, it's a fast walk in because I'm old. <laughs> uh, so it a fast walk in and the minute I get in there, uh, I know Cody deener was in the match and, uh, he was giving her and, uh, I got in there and, uh, the big American man who I will not identify because I don't want him to know. He was a super nice guy, about 250, 260. Knocked me out. Um, I decided actually, with you know, it was we knew I was going to roll out of the ring because uh, it was a high ring. So I rolled out of the ring and uh, was on the outside. The bigger wrestler didn't know it, or at least lost track of what was going on. It was a lot, it was chaos. I mean, people are getting knocked out, referees are lying all over the place. Um, The big 250 pound guy jumped out of the ring. Right on my head.
0: Oh, Oh my God.
2: So three weeks later, I had some vision issues. So I went to the doctor, never putting the two together, and found out I had a stroke of my eye. So my vision is pretty weak. Added to that, because I thought I was going blind, uh, because it was only slightly bad for a little bit, um, he looked at my eyes about a week ago, uh, about uh, three months ago, and realized I have cataracts as well. Isn't that just on, you know... So I'm a perfect referee. Blind in one eye, can't see it in the other. Um, I get a needle in my Excellent. eyeball. So let me repeat that for Jeff. I get a needle in my eyeball once a month. I'm going at 7.45 in the morning tomorrow to get oh. my needle in my eyeball. And don't ask me what it does, because other than make the doctor richer. But... Um, <laughs> So I can't, more than anything, I can still ref because I can't see. That's perfect prerequisite. There you go. Um, however, well, just, the,
0: the blessing the in, disguise, in disguise, yeah, but the blessing better. the blessing in disguise was had you not been knocked out and had you not had a, a problem in your eye, you would have never discovered you had cataracts.
2: Well, that's <laughs> Probably not seeing would have been a clue, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it all worked out. I'm, I have no, uh, he couldn't have been more apologetic. And he just didn't – there was just so much chaos going on. He just didn't look down, and he jumped out. So he was totally relaxed, all 250 pounds on my side of my head. And, uh, you know, it's always – Jeff will tell you, I'm sure, it's never the big bumps that you take. It's always something silly. You're going down for a count, and you twist your ankle. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I've never really been injured. And and as I say, maybe it's not connected, but I think it's kind of a big coincidence that it was, you know, two weeks later, and I said –
0: so, Jim, you, you're clearly a guy who's passionate about your wrestling. Uh, I'm guessing or assuming that you've probably been, let's see, you're a, a young fella, so you've probably been a fan for probably 50 years or so, maybe a, a little longer.
2: An excellent guess. I would say 50 years would be perfect. I started uh, really getting into it the late 60s and early 70s, and the early 70s, um, I'd go down to Maple Leaf Gardens. That's where I met Ron Hutchison. And I was saying, Josh Alexander and some of the more famous people. I've met them in lines because wrestling fans are the best. Um, yeah. And we became fast friends. And um, I hit him up 25 years later and asked him if i get a job. Um, so I was supposed to be the commissioner of the AWF, his promotion, following in the steps of Trish Stratus, but uh, had a pair of running shoes in the car one day. And he says, Do you want a ref? And I said, Not really. And he says, Well, you got <laughs> And uh, I was telling Angelo he destroyed my career in the first minute. I think of I like, going in the dressing room and Jeff will relate to this. He told the boys, he looked at them and said, This is Jim. He's going to ref. He knows more about wrestling than you ever will. <laughs> so they yeah, and I still do a lot of them. My first match was Sin Bodie against a local guy, and uh mm. first turned into Kazarni in WWE. I see him most years in Vegas at Cauliflower Alley Club. And um Yes, that was the beginning of a career that I never wanted. And 20 years later, I haven't regretted a minute. And uh, as I say, I love it to death. I'm enjoying my little bit of a break because Canadian winters can be tough, eh? And uh, <laughs> I don't want to drive in the dark with one eye kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so I'm taking a bit of a break and I'm kind of enjoying it. But I'm, I'm working in a couple of weeks and I'm looking forward to You it. know, and,
0: and, as listening to your story here... It's amazing that some of the greatest stories come out of accidents Uh and your career, let's be honest about it. It was an accident. Totally. It should never have happened. If you planned it, it could not have happened any better. I
2: didn't want to be a referee. I just happened to have the summers off because I was an elementary school teacher and he was doing a a, a 19 days in a row uh, at at a local fair. It's called the Canadian national exhibition. It's a big fair. Um, And, uh, he was doing every day, the Ironman tournament and, uh, he needed somebody. So, uh, who's who's off and I'm not working I got nothing to do. So I drove down to Toronto every day and, uh, you know, for, you know, the the kind of money that Jeff made when he first started nothing. And, uh, I made nothing for three Mm -hmm. or four years and, um, That's what I do begrudge. You were talking about do I begrudge the women wrestlers coming in and referees? No, I begrudge people who get paid after their first year.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I'll tell you what, old school, in fairness to Jeff the ref, uh, he was paid in uh, hot dogs and and Coca Cola's.
1: Yeah, I, I, no comment. My biggest pay, my best payday to date was a Subway sandwich coupon. Awesome. Yeah. I I, have
2: um, have been been given coupons before.
1: That's (laughs) I I, I literally (laughs) I go I go I I drove five hours down to the show. Five hours. Promoter knew I was coming down. He knew I was coming from the area I was coming from. Here you go, brother. All right. Where's the money for my gas tank? Here you go. Uh, Well, Subway sandwich coupon is not going to put gas in my tank to get me (laughs) back to the beach. And I don't know. The fans don't really know that. I mean, um, we're no, the, they
0: don't.
2: You know, on the indie circuit, because I'm basically only done indie. I've done a few big shows, which you can ask of you about later. But basically, I'm just an indie guy. And um, we referees get. I used when somebody describes me, hey, can, I want a ref. I'll say, well, you're the gum on the bottom of the shoe. Uh, yep. If it's a good match, you didn't do anything. Um, and if it's a bad match in the dressing room, you are, you know. I'm 65 years old. I've been screamed at by 20 year olds. You know, I drove five hours, and you screwed up the match. And, 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 and I, you know,
1: yeah. Um,
2: they are what I could, what I say. Um, the wrestlers are actors, or whatever you want to say, performers. Yeah, right. They are improv. Yeah. You don't know yeah. a lot. We don't know what's going on. I don't know what you're doing.
1: And yeah, I get in the way. I'm old and slow. What do you want? <laughs> you know, but, I, I, I actually had one time where. um I had never been in a 20 by 20 ring at the time
2: mm-hmm.
1: we had brought in, uh, it was, in, in, we were, you know, independent Shane Helms was down there, hurricane Helms. And I had, I had already refereed probably a good dozen of his matches this night. Every time he would go to go into the ropes for any kind of spot, I was there Every time he would go to do anything, I was there not on purpose, it was just my footing was off because of the ring. My timing was it, it just it was not good. We did not dance well, and it was, it was uh, what do say when we get to the back, What the hell? <laughs> I've been in a 20 by 20 ring
2: once, it's just somebody at Indy bought a big ring, and I remember I was doing a match, I can name drop too. Um, I was referring, uh the now Rosemary versus uh, the now Ally uh, maybe a decade ago, with different names, um, and I was trying to explain. And this is what referees do. I refed a couple of matches to Allie. I said, "You know, it's a little bigger than we're used to." "Oh yeah, yeah, I know." And I said, "Well, you might have to, you know, you might have to adapt a little bit." "Oh, I know." Well, she whips Rosemary in the in the ring, and then realizes she's two steps off. Like it's just yep. not working. like she just, it's just not what she hadn't allowed for that extra extra, uh, extra yeah. used to doing three steps. Well, it's five steps now. That yep. kind of thing. Or you know, you're whipping them in, throwing them into the ropes, and yeah, it didn't, it look, didn't look, look good because you know, Jim.
0: It's funny that you that you talked about that because Jeff and I on one of the very first shows we did, we actually talked about the technical aspect of the ring size.
1: Mm-hmm. Jeff, remember when we talked about that? I do.
0: I, you have to adapt differently from a 16 foot ring than you can do an 18 foot, uh, from a 20 foot yep. to a WWE size ring, which is 25 feet. Yeah, that's a huge, huge ring.
2: Absolutely. And of course, we're you know 16 by 16 is pretty typical for me. Yeah, and, uh, it's smaller, so you are in the way. You got giants like you know Josh Alexander or something like that. Hopefully, you know him from Impact. Oh, and sure. I, uh i don't know if you know mike speedball bailey he's a canadian guy who's doing a lot of japan stuff and uh, a lot of talk about him Mm -hmm. so i did a match with those two well you try not they always say how can you do it old school you're you know you're way too old for that and i said you know what in a 16 by 16 you can still just stand back and let them do their thing but Mm -hmm, yeah what you you try to go from corner to corner to get out of the you know sometimes you don't get out of their way you try. But, yeah uh, it's a little bit more difficult so I think there is a bit of a luxury with the 20 by 20 and that I see on TV I get a little bit jealous but um, it would take me forever to get to the pin never mind so
0: it, it's interesting now I introduced you tonight as Jim old-school Conley. yep and right away like a great worker you went into gimmick name well so here's, here's my it. question for you okay all right i want to talk to you about referees as characters <laughs> let's talk about a ref as a character
2: well uh, up here i'm known as old school and um <clears throat> i always tell the guys like what i'll do is uh i'm pretty sure you guys know the floss dance and all that kind of stuff uh, th- th- i might i might do a little flossing before the show um, right. I make sure I talk to every single fan in between and before. I schmooze a lot. I'm a former teacher. I love the kids. And I try to, when, you know, from bell to bell, I try to be a good ref, a serious ref. But sometimes I'm what I think I used the term earlier with you, Angelo, the glue. We're the glue sometimes. Yes. And, you know, one of the things we do in the ring is explain the story by little things we do, whether it's a long count or we try to. Do things to sort of glue the story together so they make sense. The wrestlers a lot of times are really really into their moves. They want to get their shit in, and we have to tell the story sometimes by you know doing the slow count or whispering to them something. Hey, slow it down a bit. You're, yeah. you're 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 not you know. They they sometimes they just you know they're young a lot of them and they don't understand.
0: They know True. more than you do. But well, um, you know, it's, we had. Uh, I How long ago was it, uh, Jeff? About. A month ago, we had Jimmy Valiant on?
1: Uh, we, Yeah, right around there. We had him January 11th or right around that, yeah.
0: Okay. And when Jimmy Valiant was on, he said something interesting. He was talking to Jeff. Uh, and just to give you a little background on it, uh, Jim. Jeff, the ref, refereed for Jimmy Valiant. Quite a few times. Yeah, and gave him some... You know, ref pointers, basically. And what he said was very interesting. He said, you're the director. We're the players. You tell us what to do. Without you, there's no show. Yep.
1: Yep.
0: Okay. So in that line of questioning, let me ask you. In your directorial... um duties as referee of a match have you had a player or a worker in this case flip the script on you uh, or go into business for himself
2: well i think there's all different kinds of referees i don't i never wrestled um at least not in those early years and um uh, we have, we're blessed in Ontario to have some great referees. Harry D is now working for Impact.
1: Of course, the mm-hmm. great Jimmy
2: Corderas, longest-running referee in WWE. Wrote
1: before. a good book, too. Yeah, great
2: book. Um, so we're blessed. Uh, we have just lost uh, Daryl, who's now with NXT. So we have some great referees there. They're uh, so much experience that they can actually call matches and actually whisper things. I don't do that. I always say, you're the wrestler, you're the boss. We're all different. And I said, all I want to do is, my favorite thing is to count one, two, three. That's all I That's want to do. That's where I was going
0: with it, and I'm glad. I'm...
2: Nobody's yes. really flipped the sw- switch. As I say, you whisper little things. My biggest thing, maybe it's that teacher in me, is to uh, protect them, make them safe. So it's like, hey, there's a little bit of water in that corner. Be careful. Avoid that corner. Hey, there's a little bump in the ring here. Avoid that. I'll whisper to them. Um, once in a while, we'll pass messages. um, that kind of thing so it's communication and uh we have you know that's what our job does getting back to your thing about um i did want to get into a little bit because i was telling you were off air that um being a character and my character is there because i floss and i have fun with the kids and we joke and i mean i must admit i, I my ego is you know it, it you know we don't get paid well i get you know we're talking about gas money that's what i still that's what all i get and, um, so, you know, when I get a little bit of cheering going, it's kind of nice when they, you know, cheer for old school. Right. I had a, a, a friend of mine, Cece Moss up here. She sent me a thing. I couldn't make one of the shows and there was an actual old school, old school, and she had filmed it. And I thought it was so cool. Um, so I, I am kind of a popular character, you know, and mostly just cause I'm old, uh, honestly. So a couple of years ago, um, I was telling Angela, I didn't tell Jeff this, but I actually sold merch, which, uh is kind of a no-no. Well, the workers are not happy with that. And actually, slam uh-huh. actually slammed the, the canoe site. I was There was an article featured me a couple of weeks ago on there, and uh, we talked about that. And the writer, Bob Kapoor, was telling me, he says, yeah, there's a lot of wrestlers that were mad when you sold merch. Well, I sold shirts. I sold out 100 in two weeks. Uh, I never did it before. I never did it after. And I was saying to Angelo, it's the only time, and these young guys don't understand it, it's the only time ever in my 20 years I made money.
1: Go ahead, Jeff. I, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, but I mean, I, I actually, I ran into that a few times because I would have promoters that would want to throw me into a gimmick of some sorts of whatever it was. There there was one time there was a promoter who, it worked, it got me, it, keep in mind it got heat, but it got me so much heat, it took away from the match. No, promoter like- made me, the promoter made me a gay referee. Oh, oh, my God. God. I would actually come in with my shirt tied in a knot. I would go down to go for a count to claim I broke a nail. Oh,
0: my gosh. You're <laughs> killing me.
1: I would. Are you would kidding go, me? I would go to break them up in the corner and start rubbing and acting like I was enjoying it. Um.
0: But I've I'm, known you for how long, and this is the first time I'm hearing this story.
1: I tell you I have, stories all the time, and I have no words. <laughs> I have no words. I, uh, it, 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 keep in mind, we were down in North Carolina, Redneckville, North oh, Carolina. Oh, dear God. Make it, go ahead. It's getting better. Go ahead. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, so, of course, you're getting every anti-gay comment that you can no possibly shit. make, and, uh shit it needs to say i mean the boys are getting they, they, the, the boys are getting pissed at me and i'm going look i'm doing what i was told by the promoter yeah and i'm what like and then they, they should have got then the promoter turned around and he said he would turn around and be like how come is it my referee can get more heat than you sons you know and, okay and, okay. I get that, and, and they, the deal exactly, was,
0: exactly.
1: And you as a referee, even if you're playing a character, you don't take away from the heat of the match. Exactly. And,
2: and we're all guilty of it. We've, we've all done it once in a while. It just we- accidentally happens or you get carried away, you know, the fans cheer or something, and then you realize well, that.
1: you know, we as referees, we hear those pops and those boos, and we want them every now and then. We really do. We do. Yeah. We do desire no. that. Yeah. Let, mean- uh, let me th-
0: Let me throw this name at you, Jeff. Uh-huh. Because before you joined in, Old School and I were talking about a a well-known referee that became a very, very hot character and got a lot of heat. Let me throw the name Danny Davis at you.
1: Yeah, uh, the referee Danny Davis, 1987, the British Bulldogs, led to them um, dropping the belts to the Hart Foundation and he turned heel you know the good thing was about him is he had already doing the Mister X gimmick prior to, right, to being Danny Davis.
0: Yeah, and um, in, in fairness, we should tell people that he was a a trained pro wrestler.
1: Yeah, yeah. So and, yeah. that's
0: the other thing. But let me ask you, Ref uh, Jeff, the ref, uh, what is your overall opinion? Because I don't think I've ever asked this, uh, and I'm surprised I haven't. What's your overall opinion of referees as characters?
1: If it's called for and it's only going to be like for a couple months, two or three months during, you know, and it's needed Mm -hmm. and and it's called for. If you're going to turn into an angle, whether they're turning into a manager or you're writing them out because they need time off, i.e., you know, old school here when he just went down with injury. I mean, they could have had somebody come and gouge his eye out really quick or burn it or whatever and wrote it out. And then sure. he comes back. He could come back with an eye patch on. Screw whoever it was over whatever. Oh, well, no, wait a minute now.
0: He's already blind in one eye and can't see out the other.
1: So you put the eye patch here you go. You put the <laughs> eye patch on the one bad eye and then you keep switching it back and forth throughout the map. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> that's a great idea. But
2: I mean, I think I think one of the things you 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 know what I like to see, and that's why I like EEW right now, and to a certain extent NWA, uh, and something that made me mad about WWE is they don't even mention the referees' names anymore.
1: Thank you, that pisses me off too. I
2: remember there was a, a guy in WWF, Izzy Moydell. Don't ask me why I remember him, but he stood out. He used to lift his hand up, as well as the referees, uh, uh, the the winners. He would lift. The, rest, refs, uh, the wrestler's hand up but then he re- left his own up and I thought that little thing was a bit of personal Now,
0: Dick you said something Banner. I gotta tell you when you said that Jim, you opened up a floodgate of memories for me because I want to tell you something I can't tell you who any of these refs are today nope. but I can tell you Dusty Fellbomber, Dick <laughs> sure. Crow, Lou Super. I can I can tell you these names from back then.
2: I I, I, I mean, mean it was a it was a policy that I understand with WWE not to mention the referees' names.
1: It was no, it did. It, it became a policy and it was all of like five or six years ago that they put a kibosh on the end. It used to be Jim Ross would be like, we got Mike Kyoto in the ring tonight, yeah. or whoever. And you know, you're talking. I I still remember Scrappy McGowan, Tommy Young, at Nick Patrick. Year. I met Scrappy know, last year. <laughs> uh, Mike Kiota, at, at, you know the the different yeah. ones, and Charles Robinson. Yeah, you know, Little Nate. Yeah. Uh, um,
2: exactly, Nick Patrick, etc. Um, you, you know, it was, they it was part of this. Sh- they're part of the show, and and they, uh, I guess I'm I'm promoting referees in that. Yes, for background and my biggest compliment as is Jeff's. Hey, we didn't notice you out there. Thank you. That's well, how about you can give me? But I still want people to know who I am a little bit because why am I right. driving four hours, you know, oh, sure. All well,
0: hours? let's be honest about it. You know, you you are not driving four or five hours for no attention. You're 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 showing up because you want people to notice you.
2: So if they right. don't notice me, great. If they notice uh-huh. that I do that's in addition to the show, right. Or, you know, I get a lot of people saying, "We, you know, I didn't know what was going on. And then you did the count thing or you yelled to me. This is, hey, there's no, d-. a lot of times I'll yell to the front row. That's the nice thing about indie. I'll go, hey, there's no, there's no rules in this match. It's a multi-man. Right.
0: Well, yeah. you know, we, we you know, another name that we forgot to mention, and I can't even believe that we forgot to mention this name. How about the son of uh, Jody Hamilton, Nick Patrick? Yep. yep. We forgot to mention Nick Patrick. What about Joey Morella? Oh, yeah. Joey Monsoon's adopted son.
1: Sure.
2: And you see, the young people don't understand that when I first started watching and when Angelo started, because we're similar ages, the referees were older. Like Uh in Toronto, for instance, we had Fred Atkins, um, who was an uh, old Aussie guy. Uh, Pat Flanagan, who was a, a, a wrestler who came over from England with Ripper Billy Watson. And these guys were not only older, they were... Three hundred pounds. They weren't small. I, you know, right. I'm five oh, sure. ten and a half. I'm five ten and a half. Oh, you're way too
1: huge. You're towering over the wrestlers, and I'm going yeah. well. That's true, but that's not a good thing. You know, I I, mean, I used to get told that a lot. I would be told, brother, brother, you're a great referee, but you're six foot and you're overtowering, or, or you know, you're making my my boys look small.
0: and It's like I can't no, help no, that. No, you know, the, the, like, idea, the uh, and I can tell you because I, I want to tell you both something that. I know Jeff the ref doesn't know, and I know for sure that old school doesn't know. The very first training I ever got was that of a referee. I trained at the monster Factory with my friend Larry Sharp. Sure. Yeah. and uh, and I learned to take bumps. ref bumps by the way.
1: Good.
0: I learned to take bumps uh, and I learned to I learned how to work the ring.
1: Yeah,
0: and, and I will tell you it was enough for me that I never want to be a referee ever again. Thank
1: you. <laughs> so, I, 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 take that, I, I take that actually compliment. as a compliment.
0: I, I think was going to say the greatest compliment I can give you is to tell you I envy what you do, and I don't want to do it.
2: I hate when I, I see referees bumping, too. It drives me crazy. Uh, well, Jim he, told me the best line. He said, Well, you know, that's, that's a good,
0: good question. question. Jim, that's a really good question. Is it necessary? Is it always necessary for a to take a bump?
2: See, one of the things what I really mean is like a perfect wrestling bump. I hate that. Yeah, uh, Ornerus used to say "crumple," and I said that's a great word. Like, you just you, you fold yourself in, you fall down, because that's what what you know that happens. Um, in indie, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I can yeah, name some names that you even this. know that I have to bump for. Uh, there's a joke with a certain wrestler that's uh, he's on impact. I'll tell you that. But my joke to him every time I've worked with him is, "What time?" And he says, "What do you mean? What time do I bump? What part of the match?" Yeah. Because every match he's in, he b- makes me bump, and I'm going. And I understand why. I get it. Um, you know, you, you know, if you're working four times a year and you're doing this, you know, you you want that big baby safe to come back, and you want the thing. Right. Uh, but
0: but it, here's my here's my question though, Jim. Here's my question: Why use the referee as the foil for that? Why not use Go ahead, ref.
1: No, no, I I actually got an input on that. You, you I you use, want your input. That's why I'm stopping. Um, you use the referee for a bump at a particular time, and and it, and I get what Jim is saying about it. Maybe not needed so much on the indies. On maybe not every show that you're doing on the indies, but they do it all the time, Jeff.
0: All the time.
1: Here, here's the if if it's used at the proper time, whether it's on the indies or in the big leagues. It can be used to get heat. It can be used to, you know, you know, the baby face can, you know, you, you go down, you take the bump, and all of a sudden the heel has five guys that come in and beat the shit out of the baby face. The crowd's losing their mind going, ref, get up, get up, get up. Yeah. And then you make that slow crawl, one, two, baby face.
0: Oh! I will tell you what. During the attitude era of the WWE, Back then. Yep. It seemed like every week, and, and maybe it's just me, but it seemed like every week one of the Hebner boys was taking a bump. And always, always count on Errol Hebner to take a bump in a championship match. It got to be so predictable, and I think at that point it overexposed the business. I I, I-
1: I could say the same thing happened, though, when I was a kid and Tommy Young would be in any title match with Ric Flair normally. Oh, he would yeah, take true. And then but yeah. you, guys,
2: you both are saying it was always a big match and a big show. And what I'm saying is in indie, it's almost every show. Uh, yeah, you're right. And it gets, that's, the, that's my point is, I mean, I, I'm 65 years old. I don't need to be dropping like you know every single show because you know um, I know the wrestlers you know will you know if it's an accidental one you know the 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 famous move out of the way and get the stinger splash kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times they catch me. I've been clotheslined. I've been uh, you know lots of things have happened that you know they actually I do feel it. And. Um, oh yeah. I don't know. I just I agree with Jeff that it does create heat, but it's like the old hey. Um, you know, the, you know, grab me, you know, by my uh, my shoulders and then pull me. Over. Hey, look at the fan over there. Well,
1: It's like, <laughs> wow, can't you be a little bit more creative than that? Well, um, <laughs>
0: so,
1: uh, but but Jim, to be fair, it's no different than the guys now when you got eight guys standing outside to catch the guy from the top rope on a moonsault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, now.
0: <laughs> Jim, let, let me ask you this question, Jim how does the referee play into the use of a manager mm. in the wrestler's corner what's, with- what, what's your what, what is your personal philosophy on the use of managers as distractions to the ref and what's the psychology behind that
2: i think if you have a good manager and um because everybody's brother-in-law is a manager now or cousin.
0: Yeah,
2: Uh, I know. And and not that you have to have tons of training. My entire training was hit the mat hard and stay out of their way. That was my training for the first 10 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've learned more in the last five years than I have, because I actually took some wrestling training. But, um, yeah, a good manager. Um, we had a couple in Ontario. They're not used very much anymore, which is sad. A lot of them are young and don't understand the spots and come in at the wrong time. Um, which is frustrating to me, but, um, uh, I, I, I like it because it's a distraction it's legit if the guy jumps on the apron I'm gonna look at him that's just natural that's human nature mm-hmm. and look at him I'm distracted don't put your arm around me and say hey that fan, kick that fan out because he yelled at me or something like that. <laughs> and so, sometimes that's the veterans who've done it for years and you're just going oh my gosh stop it be creative the fans are not stupid you know we were stupid you know, we didn't have internet when I fifty years ago. We didn't have internet,
0: right? I, I know. I have
2: difference. two university degrees, and I thought it was real, probably in mid twenties, and even then, I, I would I would watch a match and say, yeah, but maybe this part was I know. Well, the, you know, I didn't think, you know,
1: it
0: was and all we had was the after mags back in the day.
1: Well, yeah. when you think about it, it's almost I, I like to compare it to when you find out the ins and outs of wrestling and the interest and, and, and the ins and outs of it. And I, I, when you get into the business and I ain't talking just as a fan who reads about it, when you're yeah. actually in there and you're behind the scenes and you know, the shit, when you find out how it's done, it's almost like finding out that Santa Claus isn't real. Oh And, no. even, and even then you still want to go. Yeah. But you yeah. know, cause you know, for the first three years after my mom said, honey, I'm Santa, I'm going, you know what? If I don't totally believe in that big man, though, he still may not come. So you know, there's,
2: there's still matches. Um, I remember going up to a gentleman named George Terzis. He worked in uh, battle arts in Japan, and yep. he was wrestling a guy by the name of Johnny Giobiasco. And this is maybe 10 years into my career. And I actually mm-hmm. went up to the and said, was that a shoot? Because I've never seen you guys hit so hard in my life. Well, Johnny G. Biasco ended up changing his career and became Santino Morella. Um, he is the least funny guy I've ever met or worked with. <laughs> he is a shoot fighter. He's a serious fighter.
0: Yeah, he, he is, perfect. too. And,
2: and my favorite wrestler, I've uh, yes, mentioned him a couple of times. Um, it, it, right now, my current favorite wrestler in Canada uh, that I work with a lot, I mean, there's so many great ones, but um, Josh Alexander. There's a couple yeah. of like, How do you not kill this guy? And and five in my top five matches uh, that I've refed, I think Josh is in four of them. He always teases me and says, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding him. But I'm going, no. And I've ref Fit Finley. I've refed a lot of guys. Josh Josh Alexander is just amazing. But I think that it's a shoot. And um, I, I remember now that I mentioned Fit Finley, I was uh, doing a match with him against uh, Harry Smith, Davey Boy's son. Just a great match. Sure. But he... And I don't have a lot of stories about ribbing in the old days and all that kind of stuff. Because, as I said, I'm an in-between guy. If I sit down at Cauliflower Alley with guys my age and uh, Angelo's age, um, they're territory people. I'm not. I'm working in the present day. So they hate present day. And I'm sort of the mediator between the two sides. But, uh, yeah, I I did this Fit Finley thing. Well, he worked Harry and myself the whole match. Oh, shit, I broke my thumb. I broke my thumb. The whole match. And I'm saying, Harry, protect him. Don't go to the other side. That's his bad thumb. And afterwards, I said, you know, the match is over. And I go, Fit. And I said, how's your thumb anyways? What the? No problem. He just worked us the whole match. And he just thought that was the funniest thing. So if you want to see a picture of me, look at Wikipedia under Fit Finley. There's an actual picture of me refing him. So there you go. Proof.
0: There you go. He sold the thumb the entire match. Well,
2: to Harry and me, not the fan. I don't know. If the, I don't even know if he played it to the fans. It
0: was uh, here's to, a, I, I have, have a. You know what, Jeff?
2: For like, how many Jeff, Jeff hold,
0: hold on a second, Jeff, because I got a question for you and for for Jen. Yeah. How important? And this is maybe it's throwing you off a little bit, but how important is the promoter in what you do? on any particular night
1: very
2: it's really important and we have two promoters um i'll tell you, eddie osborne is, is my biggest probably my biggest promotion is called 365 pro wrestling was formerly called pwa oh and, sure and we sure. have we have um a pre-show meeting and he always says and he actually lives in vancouver and promote it works it owns our promotion in ontario you know, your geography, that's not close. Um, but he'll say, don't make the ref look stupid. Yeah. That's the last thing said every yeah. single match. Don't make the ref look stupid. Jeff,
0: how about you, Jeff, with the with the Mr. Bradshaw?
1: Oh, I, I mean, the Travis promoter. Travis Bradshaw. Yeah, no, the promoter is definitely, I mean, as far as, like, giving the referee the finishes and so that they know the finishes or where they're, you know, what spots are going to be needed for if they got to take a bump. Um, if, if they're going to be doing a pull apart, if there's anything, you know, the promoter is needed to, to, they are the go-between between between the boys and, and the, you know, the, you know, here's, I I mean, the promoter, you know, they dictate to you on how long the match is going to go. Um, sometimes, you know, Travis doesn't do it, but I have worked with promoters in the past who would tell me. I need the guys to go 15 minutes, keep your eyes on me. If I right. go like this or I wiggle my nose or I twinkle my – or pick my nose and eat my booger, you know, whatever <laughs> it was, you know, they would, they would say uh, – they would say, you know, that, that's your go-home cue. All right? Yeah. It's a I hell of a go-home cue.
2: Home I, I don't see that anymore. Like when I first worked with Ron Hutchison, um, he used to do the glasses. You know, if he took his glasses off, take her home.
1: But uh, okay. I have
2: not that in a long time, and a lot of the uh, promoters. And I don't no, they it, have gotten away from it. I, I don't want to get people in trouble, and I I love everybody. I do really do. I love everybody, but there's a lot of mark promoters out there, young guys, yep. and they want to please the wrestlers. Jim, so nothing I do is right, and it's the wrestler, and it can be the wrestler who's 24 years old who's hot now. They don't do anything wrong, and you know it must be the ref. Let's fire the ref because yeah,
0: he's Jim, I got a question <laughs> for you.
1: Well, I actually. And then, yeah, go ahead,
0: Jeff. I'm sorry. Go Good. Well, I was
1: going to take something back. Now it was actually about 20 minutes ago. But you were talking, Jim. You said you don't really like to have to call a match for the guys in the ring. Have you ever had that position though? Because I myself used to be thrown into that a few times. You got two greenhorns You get out there and they just freeze, and they go, "Oh shit,
2: what oh, do course. I do?" <laughs> yeah.
1: Good you know, question.
2: Here in the headlights is what I call it. Yeah, and, yeah. And she, exactly. It's mostly been women. Um, I have a thing for women wrestling. I don't know what it is. I just love them. Um, but a couple of times that's happened. And what I've learned, I asked one time it happened and it was death. It was two wrestlers standing there looking at each other. Yeah. So I asked a wrestler after. I said, what would you do in that case? It's never happened to me before. I wasn't expecting it. And right. he just said, always tell them and remind them it's a fight. In a real fight,
1: would you stop? Hey, oh, stop good point. Go,
2: grab a rest hold. Grab
1: a headlock.
2: Um, you know, do something that, um, you know.
1: I, I would just always yell, snatch a, snatch a headlock. And then yeah, I, I, I do that me. now. The headlock is my favorite now.
0: Now, let, the- me, let me ask you the opposite end of that. What about the people that always have, and I love this expression, Jim. I love this expression. And Jeff knows where I'm going with this. People who say. Ref, just let me get my shit in. <laughs> I love when people say that. Let me get already, my.
2: Shit. I think I've already. I think I've used that tonight already. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's bad. The other the, 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 the to to add something and something that Jeff and I have been talking about is is, is it's changed a bit in the last few years. Um, on a similar note, the finishes. And yeah. Talking about getting your shit in. So I remember there was a couple of years ago, one of the local wrestlers was going to do a kill switch for the finish. So, kill switch. One, two, three. And he looked at me and said, not that one. What? Oh, what? Are you kidding <laughs> me? And you, and guess who got the shit? You know, what did you count it? Well, because he said it was a kill switch. So now I always ask, okay, I'm doing a, you know, pile driver. Is it the only one you're going to do in the match? What's the move you're doing right before it? Just so I'm looking for it. Because you know, you're doing a Josh Alexander match. He he loves using the you know the stuffed pile driver, uh the tombstone, but you know what? He might do four in a match. So yeah, that's more than the get your shit in. I, I find it really hard to do finishes anymore when you're of our era when a pile driver was a finish. An elbow drop, Tony Parisi. That was yeah, you know, that was Jeff, I, I know
0: you I know you have a question, Jeff, but I got a question for you. Yeah. Have you ever counted the wrong guy? Yes. What give me the circumstances?
1: Um well it wasn't even it was it was a case of the guy they didn't hear my count or weren't wasn't weren't paying attention. Um they they go in, I'm one, two, knowing the guy's supposed to kick out, knowing the guy on the bottom is supposed to be the, the winner. One, two, and he doesn't move. I gotta go for three. And I've yeah. had it happen numerous times. I'm the one that's going to eat shit in the back. But yeah, it, here, here I'm going to put this back on the promoter. If you've got a yeah. promoter worth a damn, they're going to look at that wrestler and go, you should have been listening to the count. And you should have yeah. heard the cadence.
2: Every good promoter I've worked for always says, hey, if the ref counts three, that's the way it is. Whether it happens in practice, though, we still get the shit if you do. Um, well, I-
0: here's what somebody told me once. And, and it's as simple as it gets. The ref counted three. Five hundred people saw the ref count three. Yep. Those five hundred people can't be wrong. No.
2: And a lot of the referees will actually get their hands under the shoulders and lift it. I'm never quick enough to do that, but I've heard that from a few people saying that. I, I've
0: actually no. I got news for you, brother. I've seen people do that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I wish I had
2: done it with one match, and that was an NWA World Title match two years ago. Um, it was a women's match. Um, I guess I can say her name, Jazz. And she didn't kick out. Now, Jeff, do you count to three and change the title to this young, unknown indie girl in Toronto? Right. <laughs> <laughs> or do you ignore it? <laughs> <And> <laughs> she, well, yeah, she kicked out. Oh, no, you guys didn't see. You 500 didn't see it. I saw it. I, <laughs> I, I mean,
1: normally, if, if you could play a good referee, and I think you would agree with me on this one, Jim, you can go one, two, oh, and make it look like they kicked out, yeah. or yeah, I,
2: oh, only two, only two, and then, yeah, yeah you two try to it. Oh, and Oh, this talked, close, this close. I talked to her, yeah, <laughs> almost. Um, I talked to her afterwards, and she said, "I said, you know, you didn't kick out." And she went, "Oh, you know what? I was trying to think of the next move."
1: <laughs> I, I, oh. I've had that happen now. Oh, yeah, you made me look like shit. But that's I'll tell you this: good. this is actually a to the, the this story exactly what you're talking about, Angelo. I had I was the only referee, so I did not know the finishes until they came out there to me. Oh my God! Uh, the Rock and Roll Express are in there. It was actually Ricky Morton and Chris Hammer doing the new Rock and Roll Express, and they're facing two little independent greenhorns. Right. Now the, the I didn't know this, but the the manager was supposed to have pulled me out, so I DQ finish. Ricky, gotcha. I, had referee, I had referee for Ricky a ton of times. I knew double drop kick, finish, one, two, three, go home. Yeah. They the double drop kick. That's when the, ref, the manager is supposed to pull me out and he doesn't do it. I count one, two, three. Next thing I know is they got me in the corner and they're shoot kicking the shit out of me. I mean, they got me down and beaten. A, I mean, we get to the back and then the manager pulls me back out and makes me get on the mic and go, that was a DQ and I'm reversing my it was stupid. It it was idiotic and it should not have happened.
0: Well, hey, where well, Jeff, where's the promoter over here? Uh in and,
1: and the back counting his money. It wasn't for Travis. It was it was for it was for a money mark who thought that he knew knew the business and didn't know the business. And and afterwards, Ricky gets to the back. He goes up and he slaps the shit out of one of the guys and he said, how dare you shoot on that referee when he knows he's been in a dozen of my matches and knows my finishes. And he yeah. said, and I'm the name here. You're not. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's happened to me a thousand times with the managers, you know, and I always tell them, I said, you're supposed to pull my leg. And that's the only thing that's making me stop this count. The only thing, because yeah, so I always say, after exactly the same kind of things have happened to me, uh, I always say have a, have a plan B. Have yep. a plan B because I said yeah. you know, it's like the save in a tag team. You know, if they don't make the save, kick out. Yeah. How, how many wrestlers just sit there and let themselves get pinned and you're going, you're waiting for the save and say, well, they might not make it. The manager might be on the wrong side of the ring. It has happened so many. I got uh, totally blacklisted by one promotion because of that. The manager didn't see well, it. I made a split decision and didn't count it because I said his foot's under the. Well, road. Jim,
0: let let, let me let, let me ask you, Jim. In a situation like that, which which certainly wasn't the first time, won't be the uh, last. In a circumstance like that, where you know all hell breaks loose and you're you're pretty much having to control of the situation. For shoot, what's your go-to backup? To kibosh the, the situation from getting further out of hand.
2: That's a tough one. I think it's, uh, it's a case by case scenario. You just got to sort of, you know, it, like I said earlier, I said, we're the improv. Um, you're not a, expect the uh, unexpected. Murphy's Law, if it's bound to happen, it's going to happen. And uh, Yeah,
0: true.
2: Uh, you sort of have to do it case by case. Like the jazz thing, uh, I didn't know she wasn't going to kick out. Like, it, was, it wasn't it was even a big move. Um, yeah. I had that happen a month ago where I was doing the same thing. And a, a wrestler was unconscious. I didn't know. Her, her eyes were open. So I'm going, one, two,
1: swoop, sweep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going, shit, she's unconscious. And right. I did, I was like, oops. Go ahead, Jeff. No, no, I, 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 I've had that happen. I mean, I've had it where you know, they're concussed or they're, they're, they're not loopy a little bit yeah. and not know it. Worst, worst case. Where am I? Yeah. Where am I? You're in the middle of a fucking ring, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I I don't know how to guide you home now. Okay. <laughs> like.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, you, you, you depend on you know, what I've been saying lately is, um, I look at it as we're a team and we're all working together. The three of us, we're trying to put on an entertaining show. Yeah. Um, um, like Angelo, I hate the term wrestling entertainment we're an enter- we're a entertaining sport
0: That's yeah I mean. exactly thank I mean, you
2: yeah it, we're we're an entertaining sport and it's the up to the same make it an interesting show hey you know go back to the even even before angelo's day you get uh, you know um strangler Lewis putting on a headlock for half an hour it's legit wrestling but sure yawn. So the three of us have to work together to make an entertaining match and uh, put six or seven of those matches together and have a nice show. And in order True. to do that, we've got to you know, give and take. And uh, I think, I would hope to think that we're on the same team. Um, that's the problem with some of the younger guys. And I find it the, the ones who are almost made it. You know, that 15-year-old, that 15-year veteran who just had a touch, maybe had a tryout. They're so bitter and so angry. Yeah, Always your fault. The guys I've been lucky enough to work with, the, the, the legends and some of the bigger names, you know, I've even worked with the Young Bucks and uh, some of those right. guys, I've never had an issue with them. They, they get it. They get it. You know, we make mistakes and we're part of a show and they mm-hmm. make mistakes and nobody I've got a care.
0: question for both of you. And it's kind of a serious question. In the last couple of years, we've seen, particularly in, in the Lucha style of wrestling, a couple of people died in the ring. Mm-hmm. It happened with Paraguayo and it happened recently with uh, Silver King mm-hmm. in London. Did the referee during each match do the right thing and have the opponent cover the deceased person? Wow. That's
2: a once again, it's a case by case to me. I, I've is. never had, had anything. The most I've had is maybe a broken leg um, and then it's like cover them and then, you know, whatever. A lot of, I, I would have, to, I mean, obviously I'm going to be sympathetic to the referee and okay. probably they don't know that they've passed away. It's more, you know, they're, they're hurt. So yeah, you know, one, two, three doesn't take a long time. You know, cover them, one, two, three. Now let's get, let's get the, you know, people out that, there.
0: That's I, the way I, I, I would
2: have done it, probably. Unless, I don't think I would know. I'm not a doctor, so I would do the X really fast. But uh, you want to finish the match, and you don't want um, the fans to worry. I mean, you don't want panic, right? So
0: Yeah. I'm always Well, confused. there was a, a, a reason I'm asking. It's happened recently, but it's also happened in the past. Uh, a case where Dick Murdoch wrestled a guy uh, who had a heart attack in the ring and died. So Murdoch hey. covered him. The referee counted raised his hand and, and got the man out of the ring. Was um, was that the right thing to do?
1: I, I think at that point in time, you kind of got to, I mean, if you don't know as a referee, and this is what Jim's saying too, if I do not know that you have, are in the middle of having chest pains in the middle of a heart attack or yeah. a, a, in Silver King's case, that you took a kick to the back and that your heart's bad or whatever it is. Exactly. I, yeah. It, it, if, if all you did was was crumple to the mat, my initial thought, just like Jim, take it home. One, two, three. Throw the X up. Let's get everybody from the back out here really quick because we got a problem. Yeah. But I'm not going to sit there and go, hold up, your opponent. He's not at answering me. He quit breathing. Everybody, he quit breathing. He quit breathing. You don't want to panic either. What
0: I That's think funny. what bothered well, I think what bothered me. In the case of Silver King, was that he was in the ring for a good six minutes dead, and they were still doing things to him.
1: I don't think that anybody knew that he was dead because he, he was still
0: quivering. Well, that's, well, that's a bad I'm spot not, being. I'm not and saying if, that. It, if you're the referee in that situation... You know, God bless you, man. My heart goes out to you because I don't know what the hell I would have done.
1: I, I I, mean, I think that referee at that point in time handled it the best way he could. So, you're absolutely right, Jeff.
0: You're, because, you're absolutely right.
1: And you have to remember, I, the, the wrestlers
2: lie to you, too.
1: Um, there you go. Nobody
2: ever admits that they're hurt. And uh, it really makes me mad. Um, you check on them. And, I mean, they're doing these devastating moves. And then they're limping or something. And you're going, are you okay? Sure. Referees have a little, you know, thing we do, um, squeezing the hand. I'm sure Jeff knows what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, half the time, they don't do it back. And you're and you're going, should I call it? I don't know. You know, after the match, I give them shit and say, look, at, I said, you know, we're a team and you got to, you know, you've got to tell me in however way you say, are you really hurt or are you not? I don't know. I
0: can't.
2: Yeah. You, they, you they... get a pal driver from Josh Alexander, I'm sorry, or Jeff Cobb or somebody. To me, yeah, that looks serious to me. And if you're really, playing you know, it, the,
0: hurt. you know who the biggest offenders are—boxers, professional boxers—because yeah. they'll never tell you they're hurt. Oh no, no,
2: gosh!
0: It, it, you know, the referee will say to a boxer, he'll look in his eyes. Yeah. And if this if this guy's eyes are all over the place and he's glassy eyed. You got two choices. You rub the gloves and say, "Okay, go ahead," or you look at him and go, "That's it, done."
2: And I think I think Jeff will tell you it's experience too. Um, yes. I had a gentleman couple last uh, last year. Justin Sain, his name is, and uh, what he did was I have worked with him so many times. So he was doing a move, and he was just doing a, basically a body slam, and I mm-hmm. saw his leg buckle a little bit, just a little bit. I. I did the X <laughs> because I know him well enough to know that was not part of the show. That was not part of the thing. I knew yeah. him well. And he
1: thanked me afterwards and said, yeah, I probably would have kept going. He said, you're right. And he was out for six months. You, you know, Jim, Jim's right. Because it, it, and I think it's just athlete mentality of we can, they can keep on going no matter what, even football yeah. players who have been knocked doozies, And they're yeah. like, no coach, put me back in the game. I, I got it. And <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, when, when you know, as a referee, and you go to him, and you're going, I just saw your knee buckle, and your your leg yeah. went to the right side. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, brother, you're dragging your leg behind you. Are you sure you're okay? Yeah, yeah I'm fine. No, you're not. Yeah, and now it's up to me to protect you from yourself.
0: Exactly. And
1: now to call the match. There's always a lot of talking going on in that ring that fans don't yeah. seem to because
2: when and, I watch a well. Match,
0: I'll tell you what, speaking of a lot of talking, we barely... This was a fast hour and a half, I got to tell you. It really was. It went by really quick. It sure did. Uh, Jim, if you're up to it, I would love to bring you back again.
2: Oh, please. I'd love to. Uh,
0: Jeff, I'm
2: ref- the round table. I'll talk I'll about was, my wrestling I'll, career. At 63, I'll talk about my wrestling career.
0: I, I was just going to uh, say to you, Jeff, what's coming up on the ref's round table?
1: Oh, well, you got me and Mike. We're going to be up there uh, this Tuesday. Um, we may have a guest. We may not. We may just be just the two of us. Who knows? Okay. As I teased, as I teased, there is going to be the infamous catfish story between that me and Mike, uh, uh, back, back before cell phones existed with your picture and you went by, what do you look like? And the girl would tell you, and a girl happened to say she looked like Cindy Crawford and woo. She looked like she may have come from the backwoods of Canada, Neil's to say. Um, <laughs> if, if you get my point on that one, uh, <laughs> so uh, oh my god. Anyway, we. we I will we,
0: plug plug your social media, kid. <laughs> all
1: right. you, can, you can catch me, of course, over there on the Twitter feed every day, all day. I'm there. You know, I um, had Jeff Rob four one nine seven seven. You can catch me on Twitter. You can uh, Facebook me, you know, I'm over there on Wrestling with the Future on Facebook. I see those messages, I I look at them, Um, inbox me, DM me, do whatever you want to do to me. Well, I shouldn't say that, but anyway, um, you know, and Vanguard Championship Wrestling, we got a show coming up March the 14th, Hampton High School, raising money for the, you know, the Hampton Crabbers over there and going to do another uh, big uh, event for another school. And um, we're bringing in the one, the only Sergeant Slaughter is uh, yeah. going to be coming in, and that's going to, yes, sir. And um, that's going to be pretty big because he, a, he doesn't do many appearances these days, and b, Ooh. it's been a very long time since he's been here in the mid Atlantic. So um, yes, we're looking forward to that. And you can go to vcw-wrestling.com for your tickets, or check them out on Vanguard. Championship Wrestling over there on Facebook. And that is where you can find all that info. Oh, by the way, I went to my favorite
0: restaurant and yours, Angelo. Oh, you went to see our friend Nunzio at El Forno Restaurant. I sure at
1: 1535 did. 1535
0: Holland Road in Suffolk, Virginia. There you go. That's our favorite place. And I'm going to tell you what. You guys go, if you're in the neighborhood, stop in and see Nunzio and his wife. And ask them for the Jeff the Ref special, and what is that? It's stuffed tortellini alfredo with shrimp.
1: Well, this week is lasagna.
0: Oh,
1: with a special sauce with
0: sausage and meat,
1: and oh, it's delicious.
0: Oh, are they going to? Do they? Do they deliver? Actually, they do.
1: They do. We they just added DoorDash on there. So, um, do they come to Jersey? I wish. I I, I I think if you paid them enough, they might.
0: <laughs> oh, well, I'll tell you what. Again, I want you to really check out our friend Nunzio at Alfonso restaurant, Italian restaurant and pizza. It's at 1535 Holland Road in Suffolk, Virginia. Tell him Jeff the Ref and Angelo sent you.
1: There you go.
0: Now, uh, Jim, your social media, your Twitter, your Facebook.
2: You got me yeah. hungry. I don't do the Twitter, but uh, I uh, have Facebook, and I have Instagram, and that's at Eddie Old School, one word. And uh, if you check out my YouTube station, and that's uh, Old School Eddington James. You okay. can actually see me wrestling. All right. It's very quick. Excellent. Don't blink, don't because blink Wardlow chases me out of the ring, and he's a big boy.
0: <laughs> ah,
1: AEW uh-huh. Wardlow.
2: Well, yeah, just just before he became famous, he was still a big guy.
0: (laughs) There you go. And wrestling with the future is our Twitter. You can find us there. You can reach us on Facebook. Wrestling with the future. Uh, We are on YouTube, Wrestling with the Future. You can find us on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Podbean, and Podbay. You can also find us on Twitch TV soon. We will let you know when, but we're going to be on Twitch TV, and you can find us coming soon also on Daily Motion. So we will have three video outlets for you, as well as our YouTube. Also, the big news this week, we got merch. See, Jim Connolly, old school ref, he's not the only one who sells merch. We got the Wrestling with the Future t-shirt. Yes, sir. In print right now, they will be available in one week for sale. And you can pre order them now, correct? You can pre- re- yep, you can go right onto our Podbean site. We've got a link up. We can go to our Facebook site. We have a link up. And once again, it's Wrestling with the Future on Facebook, at Wrestling Future on Twitter. We are Wrestling with the Future on YouTube, everywhere else. Just Google us, Yahoo us, Wrestling with You're the there. Future. We're there. We're,
1: We're like a shit, big. We're all over things. the place.
0: We are all over the place. Again, uh, the T-shirts are going to be available in large, extra large, and 2X. And I'm having a special shirt made for Jeff. and, and big
1: Daddy size.
0: Yep. Big man size. That's right. Uh, we got. I got to tell you who's coming up this week. We had a big, big couple of weeks coming up. This week, uh, on Tuesday... Former WWE, WWF star. Former EWF star. Former bodyguard to Benny Hinn and many other celebrities. Former American Gladiator. Former American Gladiator. Former Special Ops Green Beret. Rico Costantino will join us. That's going to be fun. On Wednesday night, it's Ladies Night. Princess Victoria. Velvet McIntyre. Casey Carlisle. And Sorceress Morgan to discuss Ladies Night. And maybe a special run-in from a Glow Girl. Maybe. We'll see. And to fill out that week, on Thursday, the founder of RF Video, Ring of Honor, and an ECW alumni, Rob Feinstein, will be with us. That's not enough. We got a big one coming up. Big one. Cowboy Johnny Mantell. And Cowboy Scott Casey. They're going to talk about their time in the Southwest and in world class. And Cowboy Mantel is going to tell us about the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in Wichita Falls, Texas. And if that's not enough, it gets better. Sal Corrente, the author of Bruno San Martino, the autobiography of Wrestling's Living Legend, will be with us. He will be joined by Davey O'Hannon. And he will be joined by J.J. Dillon. And that will be April the 7th. That's going to be a star-studded show. And uh, we've got... Oh, my God. What else? Uh, I I don't know right now because I don't have my calendar in front of me. But we've got a busy couple of months coming up. So join us every week, every Tuesday, every Thursday. Join Jeff, the ref's roundtable. And join his co-host, Mike Kelleher. By the way, let me plug Mike's show. Legacy list with Matt Paxton featuring Mike Kelleher. He's the stuff guy. (laughs) Self-described stuff guy. Yep. So on behalf of Jeff the Ref, I'm Psychic Medium Angelo. Thank you, Jim. Old school. Or I should say Fast Eddie Money. (laughs) All right. I forgot that quick. Uh, Do that again. Fast. What is it? what's old your name you're school,
2: school eddington james and this is old school I, one two three i'm out of here
0: there you yep. go take care you guys all right goodbye everyone have a good one brother. good night bye-bye everybody